sure can. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 85th episode of I'm So Sure Cast. I'm your host, Tim Early, I'm here with Tim Sullivan. Timmy, how we doing? Oh, I'm coming at you live from the East Coast. How you doing, buddy? Oh, East Coast folks, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's the uh, you don't hear much talk about the South Coast. I noticed you, you know really I mean? don't. Yeah, no, I know. Can we get a flavor guess based off that sound? Truly, uh, what flavor? It's truly. I'm gonna guess pineapple. Ooh, wrong again, folks. Wrong Mango. Again. Uh, Jesus. I should have asked if the Ooh, flavor, if if the the fruit. After which the flavor was named would be refrigerated or left at room temperature. That's what I should ask. Well, you've already brought me to the next segment, which is the is apologizing right? segment. Oh, okay. Sure. So, so here at I'm So Sure Cast, we realize that we are a predominantly white uh, two people. Okay. So what I need to apologize about is that um, I told you the wrong thing about one of the fruits last week. You used your privilege? I used my privilege to tell you that you are supposed to keep, and we were both surprised by this, that you're supposed to keep berries at room temperature. Yeah. So I, you know, dove in. I did some more reading. Turns out that that's total fucking uh, bullshit. It's a total crock? It's a crock, because then I did some other reading, and, and other people say you're supposed to keep them in the fucking fridge. And then I was at the store, dude, and there were fucking blueberries... In and the it refrigerator. Said, Please keep refrigerated on the fucking blueberries. And they would know, right? The produce people. I mean, I sure hope it's their fucking they it wasn't even like the produce people. It was like the brand of blueberry put on their packaging. Hey man, keep our product cold because that's where it should be. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. So where did you get the room temperature info from? I got off the fucking internet, dude, which clearly there's an issue here with I thought that everything on the internet was real. Dude, that's bad. Maybe it was written by someone that lives in, like, Antarctica or somewhere that room temperature is still, like, sub 50 degrees. I know, dude. Oh, that's a good point. But that's... It's, it's all about perspective. It does make me feel better, though, because uh, the idea of keeping blueberries on the countertop is a little bothersome to me. Okay, so this, so for interest, for interest, fucking idiot, for um, example. For instance. Okay, I didn't take my fucking B12 today, and I can tell. Um, I typed berries room temp or cold into Google. It says blueberries can be stored at room temperature for a day or two. Refrigerated blueberries store best at 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Refrigerate them in tightly covered container to avoid moisture and mold growth, which is silly because they sell it, sell it to you in a fucking container with holes. Right, right, right. Now, just to see, I'm going to go on Bing. Yeah, you got to Type in berries. And then what was the other one? Duck, duck, soup or some shit? Yeah, I should I should, uh, I should, check that. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so remember, Google said you can store them two days. Yep, and then refrigerate. Bing says fresh berry ta- berries taste better at room temperature. The cold temperature takes away from the sweet, natural flavors of the berries. That we know and love. However, for long-term t- storage, keep them in the fridge or freezer. All right. So, so I for, guess so for the longevity, refrigerate them. But for like the highest integrity of taste, keep them out of room temperature for the first two days. Right. So I guess I didn't like lie to you. I just wasn't very specific. I guess if I was going to make a blueberry pie, 
you would say, leave them out. Presuming I'm going to make the pie within two days. Right. So, yeah, I, I guess it's, so it's not fake news. It's what they call misinformation. <laughs> Folks, I mean, is he right or is he right? He's fucking right. Because that's the only two options. I like it. Well, oh. hey, man, I'm really glad that you issued that apology. As you know, people are being canceled left and right for stating things that are factual. So right. I'm glad that what you told me wasn't exactly factual. That's why we didn't get canceled. I just, I, I don't want to get canceled, man. I mean. Well, the only way to get canceled is to say, usually, there's obviously exceptions. But usually if you say something factual, that's what gets you canceled. You know what I mean? Right, right. But uh, but luckily, we kind of walked that line. I think it's a little bit of a gray area. I don't think they could, I don't think it's enough for them to cancel. Oh, I love how this headline, or not headline, but like, you know, clink, uh, I guess, on uh, on Bing, the second one down says, should these fruits be eaten cold or nah? Ah, clearly written by a fucking millennial. Well, go ahead and guess uh, what website that that's from. Uh, Once I tell you the answer, you'll be like, God damn it, I fucking knew it. Uh, you were right about the millennial thing? BuzzFeed. Like, yeah, no shit. Oh, he fucked, folks. Un-fucking-believable, I swear to God. Oh. The funniest part about BuzzFeed is so many of these writers consider themselves reporters. Like, I, I've been on LinkedIn right. pages. I've been on LinkedIn pages of people. And it'll say reporter, and then I'm like, oh, what publication they work for is BuzzFeed. And then you click on their work, and it's basically just a fucking cat blog or some gossip column about movie stars. And it's like, yeah, like, I, I get it. You you know, you come over to Thanksgiving. You don't want to tell your parents that you have a stupid job. You know, is Val, does Val Kilmer's wear a toupee or, you know, so you go, oh, I'm a reporter. And they go, so, oh, that's great. So what do you do? You, like, email BuzzFeed, like an article and they go, yeah, all right, we'll put that in. And then you go, well, well, how much will you give me? They go, well, we don't pay you for this. Yeah. Is well, that the what thing, happens? Uh, no, I, I think they do get paid. So uh, are there rooms of millennials typing Buzzfeed? Yeah, there are because articles? Buzz, oh, okay. Yeah. Because Buzzfeed was actually, I think one of the harder hit publications with layoffs during the COVID thing. I think they had to lay off like 50% or something of their employees. You're good. Um, which, as my, I, I really do hate it when people lose their jobs. I'm not a fan of that. Um, Me either. Yeah, I, I like never, that. honestly, as much as I've loathed some of my coworkers, I seldom ever wish for anyone to be fired. But with BuzzFeed, there was a little bit of a sweetness to it. The sweetness you get from a room temperature blueberry. That yeah, these yeah, people that right. were uh, mawkishly insulting the protesters... Um, who went out of business that wanted to end the lockdown? They would they they gleefully mocked these people, and there was somewhat of a satisfying comeuppance when I saw the the oh, the, the mockers Lord. themselves have to you know face the music and be laid off themselves. It was right. it was actually kind of deeply satisfying, you know. Right. I guess that's I what they a, call karma. That is what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in um, karma, but if I did, you don't? That, that would be a good example of it. You don't, huh? Well, you don't really need to be alive long enough as a sentient human being to notice that karma doesn't work. The, the assholes always win. 
They always get what they want. It's always the guy that f- fucked over his entire family that lives until he's 95. It's That's always true. the guy oh, that did dude. everything. It's always the guy that did everything right that dies of like, you know, liver cancer when he's 40. You know what I mean? So I, right. I really don't. I'd like to believe karma exists. You know, who wouldn't? You, yeah, you yeah. Know, that you, actually got a funny kind of story, uh, a hypothetical story that's, not, you know, nobody I know or whatever. Okay. Um, but but say I have this friend, okay, because I don't want to get canceled. But say I have this friend um, that I work with, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe this friend also has another friend that works with that friend. They're like a team, okay? Okay. They don't like this other person that works there as well. They kind of harass her and get her actually to the point where she quits, okay? Mm -hmm. This person that quit moves to a different company, let's say. Let's say we sell strawberries. She moves to a different strawberry selling company. Yep. Um, Then, uh, at some point, the two friends quit the company, the strawberry selling company that I'm at, and the two people that drove this other person crazy. Crazy, that's correct. Then they go out to go to their new strawberry selling company that they just signed to. They walk into the front door and guess who they are greeted by? Ah, the person whose life they made a living hell. That's absolutely correct, folks. Well, that's, that is an example of karma. It is, yeah. and wouldn't that be funny if it happened? Because it kind of did. It did happen, but hypothetical. Hypothetically, you know? that's a great real life story that happened to you but yeah no there there, of course there's something great i mean that's kind of like the great movie scene right like when julia roberts goes into the the high-end store and gets mocked for looking like a prostitute which she is by the way but well right um, so i mean and then she does the whole you know oh it turns out i have money but i'm not gonna spend it here because you were bitchy you know what i mean the people deeply like that sort of thing Right. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me to my next little story that I don't know the specifics of, really. My dad always tells me the story of, like, this rich, rich guy that used to live, like, in the area where my dad grew up. And um, he was, like, a farmer. And he was he was always very roughly dressed in dirty blue jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah. But he, uh, his family had, like, a fuckload of money. He was a very wealthy guy. Um. And he would go to the Mercedes-Benz dealership every year and buy two brand new cars and then give them like the, sell them the old ones or whatever. But he walks in one day to see his regular sales guy, doesn't see him. Some other young kid walks up to him and goes, uh, can I help you, sir? He goes, yeah, I'd like to take uh, a look at this, this Mercedes here. The, guy, the guy's like, well, <laughs> sir, I mean, that's very expensive. Uh, you can't afford that. And he said, oh. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave then. Goodbye. Thank you for your help, sir. Ah, uh, missed out on then, an easy sale. Yep. Then the normal sales guy comes out and goes, "What did Mister uh, for this purpose Blueberry want?" Oh, he that fucking guy. He wanted to buy this car, and he was like, "You fucking idiot! That guy buys two cars for me every year. You fucking asshole!" Oh. So there's another little karma story for you. It's brutal, dude. It's the proverbial not judging a book by its cover. You know. What oh, I mean? didn't finish it. By the way, then I found oh, twenty fucking on. dollars. <laughs> yeah, I found twenty bucks. Isn't that the best? The only thing better than a story with a great karma anecdote is when the storyteller himself finds $20 bill at the end. I know. Yeah. It's best. It's really, it's something. But yeah, you never, you, the, the key to all life is just don't be a, you can be a snob in your mind, you know what I mean? But don't, 
outwardly be a snob because people don't like that. Even snobs don't like snobs. Have you ever been with like a pretentious person that you're friends with and they go out somewhere? They will always be repelled by another person with their same personality. You know what I mean? Right. So right? Like you, if you have a, if you have the friend in your group that's like a pretentious snob, and you work with, you have some work friends, and one of them is also a pretentious snob. The two they pretentious snobs, yeah, will repel. They will not They'll get repel, along. Right. You know what I mean? That's why There's on magnets, the negative sign should really just say pretentious snob, because that way it would be easier to remember that you know opposites attract in you know similar. I don't know what I'm talking about, but you know yeah, you get the, you get the gist. Magnets. Even pretentious you know. people look at other pretentious people and go, "That guy's pretentious. I don't like him." You right? Know? Yeah, yeah. Magnets. But, uh, how do those work? You know? Magnets. The ICP, dude. I wonder if they're still touring. Let's let's take a look. Yeah. What? Are you looking it up? Yeah. Insane. Right. Yeah, clown posse. Which pa- posse? I mean, they word. might have to say, change their name because well, according having, to their well, having insane in the name is is offensive to people that have serious uh, mental problems so i think that's actually offensive they should probably change their name well that's true did you know that the term crazy used to actually be like a a medical term it wasn't as like a slang pejorative like people in the 50s would actually diagnose someone and go like he's crazy oh jesus um and we've appropriated that but same with lame dude that's so lame oh right that one i know you know what if a guy has a limp or something but no according to wikipedia the ICP and seeing Clam Posse, all their verbs are conjugated to present tense, so they are still a band. They've been active since 1989. <laughs> Holy shit. They aren't as insane as we thought. No, they actually must be pretty mentally stable to you know experience that type of longevity. They're older than I am. That's insane. They should change your name to Clown Posse, I think. But that's just me. What the fuck do I you think know, sane right? Clown Posse would be way funnier. Right. Um, cause it's kind of like, uh, it's like jumbo shrimp. What do you fucking call that? A, 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 a moron. Oh, an oxymoron. <laughs> an oxymoron. Yeah, that's right. An oxidized moron. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> insane clown posse. They're fucking awesome, dude. I want to get one of their albums. What's the one with the magnet song on it? No, fuck. You think I'm going to know the answer to that? <laughs> Um, I think it's called like uh, mystery or magic or something. Mysteries of the world. Well, look under genres they have horror core. Ah, that's dude, that's sick! I didn't know that was a real thing. Me either. Imagine like Jesus. if you're into horror core, you have what five bands? Right. <laughs> really good to uh, corner that market. Easy to corner that market. Well, huh? it's it's not very saturated. It looks like no. it started. Its cultural origins were in the early 80s. Oh, this is awesome, dude. That is awesome. I love, like for all f- its faults, I, I love Wikipedia. I know. No, I'm with you. I do, too. And I, I think mean, even when people comb over it, I mean, I've seen some pretty egregious Wikipedia pages that definitely, um, you know, have an agenda. But, right. um, you know, like, if you look up O.J. Simpson, the guy was innocent. Literally did they fix the did they put the Spanish OJ, thing back? OJ was not convicted, okay? That guy was innocent. You go on his Wikipedia page and you're like, they're making it sound like the guy actually did it. Um but Oh nice. So what's what's pretty cool about um Wikipedia is like you know, people basically like vote on shit in a way, right? 
don't they? To change information. Doesn't that happen? Am I fucking crazy? Um, in the deep annals that may go on. It's demo- it's 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 democratic in that sort of thing, but if you well it depends. If you have a Wikipedia page with decently high traffic, like say uh you know, if it's like a religious figure like Jesus or Barack Obama, if you change something, they if you put a falsehood in that Wikipedia page, it'll likely be changed within a few hours. Well, but I've, so I've had like kind of obscure people that I've changed stuff just as an experiment. Nothing yeah. bad, but just a C. And it's it's stayed on there for quite some time. But it, it well, will eventually get erased. Well, because I noticed like a while back, the Spanish flu page on Wikipedia, there was like a post that was like, um, you know, the whatever's plan to change this to the 1918 flu pandemic of something else, whatever. They fucking wanted to change it. And yeah, then, it's like, like the European flu or something. Not even that. They just wanted to call it the 1918 flu pandemic. Um, right. And then, like, people stated their claims below why that would be not good or bad, and it looks like they voted against it because it's still the Spanish flu. So, Oh, they voted against it because it's completely stupid? That, I think, is correct. Yeah. I think that's why. Yeah. Um, well, um, yeah, so I guess it is democratic and that sort of thing. But that's kind of a deeper problem than Wikipedia. You right, know? I know. Yeah, like, yeah, if, you, if you're up at night because a flu that derived from Spain is called the Spanish flu, I mean, you have problems so deep that uh, a name change of, you know, a diagnosed flu is not going to uh, not gonna make you happy. Right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I do, I have diagnosed, um, well, sorry, Freudian slip. I have uh, donated to Wikipedia, though, because I do... I use Wikipedia all the time. So You're kidding. And it runs on donations, which I like. And anything that's not corrupted by the FCC is great for me. So I always get, you know, I always get like 10 bucks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because right. how else would... I didn't even know Horror Core existed. And it has a whole Wikipedia page. The, the, uh, the bibliography on this thing is extensive. Holy shit, dude. Right. But, um, but yeah, <sighs> Wikipedia is great. Any other thing like I don't know, and I think it's like I think they've they've vetted it. I think they've like done some aggregate work and they've looked at a bunch of pages, and I think it came out to something like ninety seven percent accurate, which is good enough for me. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good. If you crack the fifty percent barrier with me, then we're all good. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're good, dude. We're fucking good. Um, um something that I kind of was thinking about earlier. That's just totally. Unrelated thought, obviously, because what's related in this fucking thing? Um, the band Boston, right? Yes. Has some fucking fantastic songs. Yeah, they do. But what they also have are some fucking terrible songs. Yeah, it's like Billy Joel. That's a good, that's another good example. That's a really good example. Yeah, Boston's. Just, um, actually, my question think... was going to be if you have any other examples of bands like that. Um. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's a shit ton. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, like Boston has like maybe ten songs that are f- like unbelievable songs. Yeah. Well, their first. I think I was just talking to this. Um, Karen's dad a few months ago got Boston's first album, and um, that's a really good album. And uh, and my old guitar teacher, his brother was in Boston. He was the. Um, uh, 
What, what did he play? Uh, I think he... I don't even know their names. I probably should. Well, so remember um, when we recorded with Kenny and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, M- dude. Michael Sweet, you know, Striper, whatever, and he shit his pants. Yes. Uh, um, Michael Sweet's... Uh, well, okay, so Michael Sweet from Striper, his son's name is Michael Sweet, so that's probably why my brain is, like, fucking skipping a beat here. But Striper Michael Sweet stepped in as the lead singer slash guitar player for Boston for a bit. Okay. And then apparently got the boot because he was like... He oh, yeah, he's on He's on their... Uh, I'm looking at their Wikipedia page. He's there now. Is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then he got the boot because apparently he, like, hated one of their wives or something, and it just, like, wasn't working out. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. They've had a lot... One, two, three, four, five... They've had 14 past members... And there's now, according to Wikipedia, seven current members. But, Jesus. Um, yeah, no, Boston. And then didn't this, the singer, he did the uh, Beetlejuice uh, Beetle tribute band. Yeah. And he's since died. But, uh, but yeah, no, no, no. They're, they had some really good songs. But I think, too, that's a tough time because when you kind of, when you become active in the 70s, your music's cool and, like, edgy. Oh, no and then, like, 10 years later, you're... Like the '80s killed a lot of bands because even like Queen is like one of my favorite bands ever. Yeah, and their early '80s stuff is really good. But like the later into the '80s you go, and obviously they're getting older too. Most people kind of burn out anyway. Right. But um, some of their stuff in the '80s is like fucking terrible. Like they they wouldn't have like an entire album that was bad, but each album in the late '80s had like at least five songs that I just was not impressed with. I mean, I think the Beatles had it right. I think I still think the Beatles, for all their brilliance, they would always permanently rank in the top echelon of the like oh, great, greatest bands ever. But I think part of the the mystic behind the Beatles was that they got in and out of there. You know what I mean? They were like officially a band for about eight years, unofficially about ten. But the fact that they really reigned supreme from 1962 to 1970 and that was it i think that's part of why they're still so i mean they're like beyond anything um and right, i think and if like, they had lived long enough to make like five or six bad albums in the late well, 70s that would have sucked we're kind of getting into that with i mean i don't even want to say this because he's like a god to me but uh paul mccartney's kind of he's kind of sliding a bit Oh, Can yeah, you blame I mean, him? No, he's been writing songs for goddamn fucking decades, and he's getting old. But some of his new songs aren't that fucking good. Well, but even Paul like McCartney's, a bad, even like yeah. a bad Beatles song is still better than most fucking songs. Oh well, I, I'm obsessed with the I You can you will not get me to say one bad word about a Beatles song. But Paul McCartney's solo album. The problem is, is he's so prolific. He comes out. He's like Woody Allen with movies. So, but I love Woody Allen. Uh, but Paul McCartney will come out with like a new album every year or two. And uh, yeah, I know a lot of times, sometimes he hits it on the mark and other times you're just like, dude, what do you, what do you fucking do? And the thing too is like, you can tell they're kind of like uninspired. Like you can tell when he writes a song just to write a song, like, you know, you get, you get the whole structure. He knows how to build a song. He knows all the mechanics of songwriting, but the actual art form of songwriting i feel like 
sometimes I'm just like, dude, you literally just wrote the song just to write a nice melody and just filled it in with bullshit lyrics and recorded it. That's incredibly true. That's folks. I mean, and you know, like, why does this guy? I get that if you want to keep making new music because it's new and exciting and that keeps you going, that's fine. But sometimes he seems like he's just vying for relevance to the point where it's like kind of pathetic. It's like, dude, you can walk into any room with the biggest millennial fucking you. Paul McCartney walk in a room next to Post Malone, and I get that a bunch of twenty year olds probably won't know who he is. They'll know of the Beatles and stuff, but like the but like who cares, dude? You can like literally sleep at night knowing I I'm no, no one's even come close. The Beatles have been gone for 50 years. I, th- I think exactly 50 years, and no one has even come close to that phenomenon. So you can just be like, dude, I don't need to prove myself. And sometimes right. he comes out with these albums and I'm just like Oh, what was that album? What was that song where he tried to play a cutesy? Oh, Fayou fi- or whatever? Yeah, I'm like, dude, For come you? on. Yeah. Like, you're trying to be like edgy and shit, dude. You were doing like acid in the late 60s when you couldn't even say ass on television. And now right. you're trying to prove yourself to a bunch of fucking, I don't know, like, it's it's like kind of pathetic, you know? It and is. like, that's, that's why I like. That's the thing I like about Billy Joel is he he just stopped in like 1993 or whenever it was. He was like, you know what? All my songs that I'm coming up with now suck, so I'm just going to not taint my discography. Well, you know? I mean, would you say that the early songs for him, though, were the, were the dog shit, not the later ones? Well, it's weird, though, because uh, with Billy Joel, like his first album, I love, um, and then his second album... Uh, piano man. Some names here because I'm. I'm gonna, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. No, his like really, really early stuff was fucking fantastic. I'd say his. So the stranger was probably what n- album number was the stranger for Billy Joel? It's got. Hold on, be pulling five, it up. Man. I'm gonna guess five or six. And 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 by the way, the albums that were bad still had oh, great even, songs on them. Don't even put it in order. What fucking sense does that make? Um, but the Stranger like Spring Harbor, Cold Spring Harbor is a fantastic album. That's probably one of my favorite of all time Billy Joel albums. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, so the Stranger is the fifth album. So one of his albums right before that. What's that terrible fucking song we always talk about? Oh God, Pressure. That's the one. What is that on? That's later. That's probably on um, Turnstiles, maybe. Oh, that song fucking sucks, dude. Uh, Yeah. Cold Spring Harbor, Piano Man's awesome. Um, No, no, no. Pressure's got to be like Nylon Curtain, I think. I think it's on Nylon Curtain. But, yeah. Okay, so I guess you, you kind of proved that I'm an idiot because the best shit was the early shit. Yeah, it was. It, it's like the later, but Glass Houses is fucking fantastic. Innocent Man's Cool, that's the doo-wop Billy Joel that uh, Step Brothers mocks, but that's a great album. Um, and then after that, they kind of suck, but still, <laughs> he has pretty much all a, a good chunk of his albums. Like The Stranger, uh, I th- but Turnstiles has some pretty shitty songs on it. Overall, well, wonder. Overall, it's a good album, but he's got some shitty songs on there. You wonder if, like, you know, there was, like, some rule 
where if you wanted to release an album, you're only allowed to release eight fucking albums in your whole career or five or whatever the fuck. People would think really hard about putting filler on there. Oh, they definitely would. Oh, this would be hard to enforce because you just change your fucking name and whatever, but... Yeah, but it, it it's so weird, man. But then there's then there's like people like Paul Simon that will have a ton of fucking awesome solo albums and then kind of meander through like a few decades, like the late eighties, nineties, two thousands especially. And then like a few years ago Oh man, he's five three. And then a few years ago, <laughs> He came up with some fucking album. I forget what it was called. Not that long ago. Uh, and it was fucking awesome. So I well, guess... How about how about uh, Garfunkel's really good solo albums? Garfunkel is... Dude. He writes fucking poetry books. And oh, should po- we check on his fucking... His uh, poetry His stinks. book reading? See where he left off? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I love how pompous his stupid website is we'll just see if he's still reading or not and i love how it's all in third person <laughs> chris ring ladies and gentlemen <laughs> wait chris ring is in the building yeah yeah your boy's here what the fuck dude <laughs> he's very sneaky that guy yeah dude um oh no he actually updated his fucking shit what is it artgarfungal.com yeah. He's such an ass, dude. Oh, was it library? Here we go. Art Garfunkel official website. He added photos, too. He is not what you'd call classically okay. handsome. So it says book list for 2018 to 19, so I'm assuming he stopped reading. Um, yeah, he doesn't read anymore. What a jackass, dude. I know. First of all, all these people that come out with autobiographies that are like in their 80s, and they pick some picture for when they were like 20 and they look all cool. It's like, it's, it's just so fucking lame, dude. I just love how he stopped putting the dates, too. He just like gave up. And Body then it just of stops. works. Below is a list compiled by Art Garfunkel of his entire body of work as a solo artist from 1973 to 2000. Dude. I love I, how it says he's been a voracious reader. That's right. That's right. Well, no shit, dude. You've been retired for 50 years. Yeah, I look at all his books are wrapped in plastic. That photo, she's damn. I hate this fucking guy plans. so goddamn much, dude. But seeing him live was the greatest, man. It was totally worth it, honestly. One, he actually does sound good. Like he he can actually sing still. And yeah, two, when he's not bitching about the fucking lights in the back. Yeah, but of the even goddamn that, venue. Like, it's like part of the show. Not that he meant it to be entertaining, but it was entertaining. And it's entertaining because he thinks he's so important that right. like. People are like, you guys, quiet. It, it, was like a, it, it was like going to like a zoo exhibit on, on narcissism. It was hilarious. Right. That was the most fun two hours I've probably ever had at a show. Not even kidding. Because it was it was like this meta art form where you didn't know what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? That is pretty cool, yeah. Is he going to bark at the waiter next? Is he going to harangue the woman in front row for sneezing during the crescendo? Right. You, there's just so much... Suspense. That you were was basically fantastic. You're basically, and I was like fifth row. Right. You could have been on a fucking hidden camera show for all you know. You could Dude. have been in an, in an episode of, of 
Black Mirror. If I could do it in a way that wasn't just an obnoxious audience member being a douche, I would have loved to figure out like a sneaky way to antagonize him so that he would like roast me. Because having that, how many people can say they, you know, they got molested by Art Garfunkel in front of, you know, 2,000 people? If you and if you and five of your friends, or four even, it would even work with four, go to an Art Garfunkel concert, and you all take your phones and crank the brightness up to like a fucking hundred, and you take turns illuminating your own face as if you're texting... Oh. Kind of kind of scattered, like about, but just keep fucking doing it the whole show. He'll lose his goddamn mind. Well, he would definitely, at that point, he would ask for you to be forcibly removed. He would definitely. And the funniest part is, like, all these talks about professionalism. Being a professional is not acting like you're this top dog fucking diva. Being professional is the show must go on, man. That's like the whole mantra. You know what I mean? You can face any distractions because you're so locked in, you know? Right. And he's the opposite of that. Well, And he's such a douche. Like, again, it's one thing if you're Simon acting like this. It's still it's still so stupid. I don't care who you are. You really can't act like that. Sorry. Right. But the fact that he's the sidekick. You well, know what especially. I mean? You know what he's, I mean? Yeah, he's, exactly. He's not even Batman. He's Robin. And he's demanding all this crap. It's fucking hilarious. He must be impossible... This he's got to have been married multiple times. There's no well, way one. It's woman. like everyone wants to see Mermaid Man. They don't give a shit about Barnacle Boy. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, that's exactly right. That's a perfect example. It's like Jesus. All right, let's see how many times you've been married. All right, so he's had two spouses. Wow, he's been married to Kim Garfunkel f- since 1988. Jesus. Is she let's dead? See. Honestly, he definitely married up. Actually, well, no. Well, I mean, come on. Yeah, there's really nowhere to go but up. Oh, my God. Look at his son, dude. Is it bad? He looks exactly like him. So, yeah, it's bad. (laughs) Dude. Google Art Garfunkel's son. Wait a minute. It's like a Halloween costume. Images. Oh, God. How come nothing pops up? Oh, Jesus, dude. How come nothing pops up when you type in Arkarfunkel? The poor bastard. I'm fucking definitely tweeting that fucking thing. How did you find that? Because I just typed in Arkarfunkel's son. Oh, he's pompous too. The son is? Yeah. Ah, come on. There's like a picture of him at like a young age. Just dressed like him and standing like him and it looks so bad. Ugh. Yeah, dude. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. Art Garfunkel on Paul Simon. Quote, I created a monster. So, <laughs> yeah, Art Garfunkel <laughs> created Paul Simon. Right. Uh, what I does it say? It. Why? I just love hating this guy. I can't because I didn't fucking pay for it. So they won't let me read the goddamn article. The Dude, his telegraph. son looks exactly like him. Oh, it's so bad. Imagine how pompous the son's going to be. Oh, now the son's old and has a shaved head and a goatee. Have you seen this? You're kidding. Dude. Oh wait a he, minute! He looks just like um, fuck. Oh, first of all, Howie he's Mandel. A, he's well. First of all, the kid's wearing a goddamn ten thousand dollar watch. But also, he looks like the caddy in uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh yeah, he does look like that. Yes, yes, dude. Son of a bitch, dude. Man, the Garfunkel so bloodline. Right Jesus, those are strong genes, man. <laughs> 
Dude, this kid looks horrible. Oh, was, when you said the pompous like one, did you see the one of him in a pinstripe suit, like holding a phone pretentiously? No, the one I saw was them both wearing blue, like navy blue vests. Oh, okay. Standing on stage. Yeah, Garfunkel was the man, though, dude. Just well. no, <laughs> no problem with being an absolute cock. Right. It was fucking hilarious. That was the first song too. He came out. April came. April comes. She will. Is like one of my all time favorite Simon and Garfunkel songs. Garfunkel sings the whole thing. Oh, I see the phone one. That's great. Yeah, it's so awesome, pompous. Right? And um, and so I was like, oh great. Once I heard the little guitar playing it, I was like, it's April comes. She will, man. And he stops in the middle of the second verse to complain about the lights being too too bright. Like, oh, just ruined the whole thing. Right, fucking guy. It was hilarious, though. When that lady, we must have been sitting, um, this older woman we were sitting next to, she must have not been able to get a ticket next to her daughter, who was probably in her 40s. And right at intermission, the daughter comes over and she goes, he's stressing me out. And then the mother goes, who? She goes, Art Garfunkel. (laughs) Oh, and then I told you one guy had a heart attack in the middle of his set, right? Yeah, he did. (laughs) So, So we hear this fucking thud, and you hear a little bit of chatter. And Art Garfunkel, like, huffs. And then at the end of the song, he goes, we're going to take a quick break. And then he goes backstage. And, like, all of a sudden, like, the paramedics come in. And they fucking take this guy out on a stretcher. And as soon as he left the building, Art Garfunkel comes back out. He must have been like, I got to just, I can't watch this. This guy's distracting from my show. And just went backstage while this guy was fucking gurneyed up and taken out with his loved ones. So he actually gave someone a heart attack. He's like, um, attention, everyone. Apparently, some guy had a heart attack. <laughs> He's like all fucking annoyed. Yeah, dude, he definitely was. I, I sent the picture of his son looking exactly like the caddy in the uh, Discord, so you can see it. Oh, let me see. If you can figure out how to fucking use the goddamn thing. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> he just left the chat, so he didn't fucking figure it out. Oh, yeah, dude. Ah. Fucking kid! Oh, I have to move. I just like in. dressing your son just like you. You yeah. clicked on the wrong shit. Click on general in the text channel because you left. You're talking to me. I'm talking to you, buddy. But I already I have it up right now. Okay, well you clicked on the wrong thing for a second. You left the voice chat. But I got you back. Pulled you right back in. Oh, oh, I see. Because yeah, you you need that to hear me. So um, there'll be like three seconds of time that we're. I won't know what you said until I listen back. But can you imagine dressing your kid up just like you, like a little puppet in front well, of all those people? I guess that it's kind of cutesy. That's why he like, shaved his head and has a goatee now. Yeah, you to get himself as far away from from art as possible. Exactly. But man, Jesus. And it's not even like, yeah, like your dad was in like one of the best bands to come out of America. But it's not even like he's like a cool, it's not like your dad's Bruce Springsteen. You know what I mean? Right. It's fucking Art Garfunkel. Even his name sounds like a cartoon character. And I say this as a fan, by the way. I'm a huge fan. Right. I understand. But the guy's just, he's just too much. I mean, let's be honest. How much would you have to be paid? And this is, I mean, it says something that I'm asking you how much you have to be paid, not how much you would pay. Right. For um, Art Garfunkel to perform... To only you, in a uh, in a, like a you know, like a fifteen by fifteen room. For how long? How long was this concert? It's probably like a ninety minute set. 
No, uh, uh, maybe uh, maybe seventy minutes. Ninety minutes set. No microphone. You'd have to pay me. Just just me and him. Just you and him. You'd have to pay me like. I think. For like seventy minutes. I think if you gave me five hundred bucks, I would do it. <laughs> and it, even that is mostly for the story of the circumstance more than it is the actual concert. But he's just—I he, would just feel so on edge the whole time. Right. Well, now I'm wondering like what his booking fee is for a private event. It's probably astronomical. But at the same time, we saw so we saw him at the Tupelo, which I love that venue. But it's like it's it probably only seats like twelve hundred people. I'm sure I'm this dumb. I'm on his website. I click a book to see like if I could, you know, how much it is. Oh, to book but him. it's actually it his, his, up book. his book. Yeah. <laughs> actually, let me see what the fucking thing was called. This pretentious book of poetry. That'd be great. Uh, it's it was... called "What Is All But Luminous: Notes from an Underground Man." Art Carfunkel. Yeah. So what he would do is he would be a complete cunt in the middle of songs, screaming at people, and then. The song would finish, and then he would punish us furthermore and be like, I'm going to read you a poem I just wrote. And the thing is, the poem itself was probably, like, terrible, but what made it horrendous was his pompous recitation of it. Like, he, just the way he read it, which is gleeful pretense, was, like, nauseating. And I remember looking at Karen being like, oh, my God, this poetry is so bad. And he, and he kept doing this thing like, so like Bridge Over Troubled Water, my favorite Simon and Garfunkel album is Bookends, but Bridge Over Troubled Water is like objectively the, their best work. It's a it's a phenomenal album. Well, right. Okay. And, so I thought meant the song itself, but yeah. yeah. No, the, the album is just absolutely incredible. And Paul Simon like wrote every single song. Yeah, and the shit. And Art Garfunkel go, well, of course I produced Bridge Over Troubled Water. It's like, dude. That doesn't mean shit. No, it doesn't. And it's one thing if you produce if you produce a Justin Bieber album, you're probably not sleeping for six months because right. there's so much shit going on. Right. But like you have an eight track with like piano, two guitars, a bass, and drums, and some percussion. It's like he was probably like, "That sounds good. Why don't we add some tambourine here?" Right. And it's not like in with Simon and Garfunkel, like like to produce a Beatles album, like George Martin literally had to hear in his own head. The compositions, the complex compositions that made up like benefit of Mr. Kite, like Sergeant Pepper's. Right. Sergeant Pepper's is an album that highlights the production more than it even does the songwriting, because that whole album is the, the, the instrumentation alone is ridiculous. Never mind the actual composition. Right. So like the Beatles could not have created that album without George Martin. It just the, there's no way it would ever happen. Right. And you can say that really about any Beatles album, but I just picked that one because it's the most profound. Oh, but a bridge, also, like Bridge Over Troubled Water, it's like, as long as the songs are there, like, I feel like they didn't do anything crazy instrumentation-wise. Have I talked about how I think the wall of sound sounds like fucking shit? Yeah, and I actually agree with you on that. I'm not a uh, Phil Spector fan. And if anyone doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about, listen to... Um, I I get that maybe at the time, you know, through vinyl and... yeah. I get that, like, maybe it was more recognizable for something, like, effective, but when it's when I hear The Wall of Sound, it's on MP3, it's on CD, 
So, like, if I listen to George Harrison's All Things Must Pass... Exactly where I was going with this, yep. It's it's not... Like, I just think it sounds muddled and crappy. I, the, I love the album, but, like, the actual engineering aspect of it I don't, I don't really i don't really get i completely wholeheartedly fucking agree with you what so what was his his wall of sound um obviously it's a mixing technique but like what what was he actually what would he do would he just like condense a bunch of tracks onto one track or something and keep piling it up what, what was his what's the genius behind the wall of sound not not I, in what it's supposed to do to me, the listener, but what are the actual mechanics behind the sound engineering of it? I could be completely fucking wrong, but I think what they did was they like would record it, and then he would play it back through fucking speakers, and then re-record it through the fucking speakers or some shit like that. Okay. Because I know the Beatles would the Beatles would do that when they're limited for tracks, like they would mm. literally have to. Record trombone, sax, tenor, and then to get that down to one track, they would have to do that. But yeah, but for Phil Spector, he wanted to make it like a his own style of uh, I don't know. I, I never understood it. And like the thing with Phil Spector too is like people talk about him like he's this fucking genius, but like think about albums that were coming out in the early mid 60s that sounded fucking awesome it's not like everything sounded like shit and phil specter came along like there were people way better than him that were making really good albums and he just fucking i don't don't know i don't get and i actually kind of there's actually kind of a charm to the um when you leave the mono world and get into the stereo in like the late 60s there's actually kind of a charm about it i actually like that when i listen to a Beatles album, and if one of the speakers is turned off, I miss like right half of the song. Right, it sounds hokey in modern terms because it's like primitive, but like there is something I like about listening to an entire song where Ringo, his entire drum set is like just in the bottom right. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's something yeah. so bizarre about it, but I like it. But yeah, I don't know. The wall of sound sounds like shit, honestly. And Phil Spector's well, like, you know, the guy's like a creep and murders hookers. You know what I mean? Well, so I kind of read it. It's um, he was basically just like tripling tracks. So like, you'd fucking record an acoustic piano. He would put an electric piano on top of it, and then put like a different fucking piano on top of it, just playing the same thing. Besides, Which, like, is he really uh, supposed to be a genius for that? Like, that's something that like I would probably have come up with. Right. Well, we do shit like that all the fucking time now, but it's... I don't fucking know. It's just I'm not impressed. Although, you know what? The older I get, you know what annoys me more and more? That I used to like, but now it annoys me? What's that, dude? It's fine when it, it's fine in certain spots. I, I get when it's necessary because it sounds good, but the fucking... The double voice tracks? Dude, I hate it. Fucking hate it. Who's the kid that... Uh, oh, he did the Goodwill Hunting. Is it Elliot Smith? Uh, no. Oh. What the fuck's his name? Did he? What? Who's the kid? What, the soundtrack? Yeah. He was like all the rage. He killed himself. He stabbed himself a bunch of times with a knife. I mean, um, sounds like he might have been right, but... Uh, Elliot Smith. Yeah, it is Elliot Smith. Yeah, okay. I can't fucking stand that guy. People talk about him. I mean, whatever. I guess it's sad that he's dead, whatever. But um, 
he only did those double vocal track. Uh, it's so fucking bad, dude. Like, I feel like that was such like a '90s fad, and then people he'll write like, technology like, got good enough where that like wasn't that doesn't need to happen. Well, it was and, already like, good. Yeah, it was already good enough. Like, I, I understand when people did that in like the early '60s because they literally needed more volume on the vocal track. But right. with Elliot Smith, I'm like, dude, like he may have. There's probably songs that he's written that I would really like if the vocals were different, but the double track it just fucking bothers it. me. All and the time. it's also yeah. it's also impossible to like convey emotion when you do that because it literally just sounds like you're trying to get this like I, I don't know it, it it I'm glad you hate it too because it drives me fucking nuts. Well, and further proving what I was f- why I hate the wall of sound apparently is it just muddies everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does, dude. Unless they're exactly the fucking same. There's going to be that little fucking wiggly wave in between them that's fighting each other, and it sounds like shit. It sounds like it was recorded in someone's bedroom in like fucking 2004, when I, whenever someone does that. Yeah, and like honestly, the in the funniest part is the most axiomatic like expression in sound engineering is less is more. That's like where I learned that phrase. Right. If you want to, if you want the sound to come up perfectly, get it right in the least amount. Of tracks. And then you meet people that are like, no, 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 you gotta fucking... Even, uh, I remember talking to Casey about this, and he was talking to some guy that was like some pretty big sound engineer. Um, and the guy was like, played it, played a clip for Casey, and he was like, guess how many 12-string... So there'd be like a 12-string rhythm in the background on a guitar. And he'd be like, guess how many tracks of that 12-string there are. And Casey was like, I don't know, two. The guy had... I think he had like some like twenty two tracks. What's the fucking point of that? I I really don't get it. I really don't get it. Because then you go to see a band live, and you're like, "Holy shit, this sounds fucking awesome!" Oh yeah, it, and they don't have twenty two goddamn. Yeah, it's like how much that's is a total your, of two hundred and sixty four strings, dude? How much does your band <laughs> suck when it's like corking your bat? You know what I mean? If you're that good, it should just be you should be able to do this take like this. That's why I I really am starting. Well, I started this like. 10 years ago but like the more raw the production is the better i like these out like i can't listen to this polished crap anymore. well that's why you like wilco so much that's why i like wilco that's why i like uh, like i love tom waits i i love people that are just they sound like the music is just naked you know what i mean because even john mayer i'm a huge john mayer fan but sometimes i'm like oh this is just, I, why did he have to polish this like this you know what i mean like sometimes it's just like when everything is so rounded and so perfect, it like takes me out of it. I want to hear some fucking some grit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. and even like Radiohead. Radiohead's a band that they're so surgical in everything they do, but even they somehow convey the rawness of a rock band. Like if you listen to OK Computer, everything's perfect. But it still has that like organic vitriol feel. Where uh, uh, not oh, fucking set a brain fart. Uh, f- fucking imagine if when you had a brain fart, air literally came out the top of your head, and it smelled like shit. <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking to somebody and you start stuttering, or you use the wrong word, and they go, "Oh, what, did you're someone like, just sorry. have a brain fart?" Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious. 
Your girlfriend's like, oh, what's that smell? You're like, oh, sorry, I just brain farted. I was trying to think of the town that my family used to vacation to. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be great. I don't know how that even became an expression. Ugh, for fuck's uh, sake. Visceral, dude. that's what I meant. But Radiohead. Oh, great word. Radiohead has this like organic visceral feel where it like sounds like a rock band. Like if you listen to OK Computer, it's a rock band. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, the modern day music is so bad, dude. This pitch perfection crap. I'm not even like I, I always want to say auto tune because when I say auto tune to you, know you, you, you know what I mean. You right. like that Taylor Swift, like where she's clearly flat, but it just got that ridiculously robotic boost up into that the perfect push. register. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I hate that. Like nothing offends me more than that. It 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 bothers me so much, and so many people do it. And it's like, what the fuck is the point of this? It sounds like shit. Think about how many people right now in the world are st- all they want is a record deal. There's so many talented people that would blow your fucking mind that are desperately seeking a record deal. Right. And we give it to people that are so bad that they need a computer to make them sing on key. Like, how does how is this even real? Why would you even want? Why would you even need this pitch? What, what should I even be calling it? Because auto tune just reminds everybody about like f- fucking no, TI that's what or it's like share called. That's what I mean. Yeah, but when I say auto tune, I like I I'm thinking of like the pitch shifting thing, not that like. Rapper crap. You're th- you know? Yeah, you're talking about like a vocoder. Yeah. So what should I say? What is it? No, say fucking autotune because that's the correct thing to say. Dude, because it drives and me. And if people misinterpret what you're saying, that's their fucking. Problem. All right. So when I'm talking about Taylor Swift and I say autotune, I'm using the right tool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But um, but like when T Pain sings a song, and it has that's that... like a vocoder. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh. But dude, it bothers me so fucking much. Like it, there could be a song that I love, and if I get a whiff of that, I'm like, ugh, you just ruined it. Right. Like Kobe Calais. I love Kobe Calais. Love her. I love how you said the word whiff right if, right as you burped. That really fucking <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was trying to make it a more uh, a more two D experience. For One the more time. Listen, don't. listen real close. Can we get a flavor guess? That was such a it's, good crack, too. It's the same as the other two, which you still haven't guessed. Uh, watermelon and kiwi. No, dude. I still haven't even fucking tried that one. Come on. Oh. Um, wait, what do you mean? When you said it's the same as the other two, what do you mean? The other two that I drank are all three of the oh, same Oh, because you never told me what that was. Right, because uh, you never guessed it, dude. I'm going to go with blueberry. Yeah, well... Oh no! Then you, like the, you like the tropical ones. It's wild berry, dude. Okay. Oh, wild berry is good. Your fucking ears are deceiving you. I'm drinking the watermelon kiwi. That's why I said that. Is that good? Yeah, it's not bad. It's a little fruity. All right. Okay. Jesus. But um, yeah, man. Modern day music. Like, there's still good music, obviously, but it's actually not even. Honestly, if you took away all this production crap. It would force people to be better at writing songs. Because there'd be less of this, like, all right, just plug it in and fucking... Oh, it just it annoys me. Well, dude. that kind of adds also to my point of what if people were limited to how many albums they were allowed to write. There would only be good albums. That's kinda. true, too. But also, I think if you did... 
I think if you said pick up modern day artists like nineteen seventy five, right? Right. Yep. And you're like, all right, we gotta we gotta record this whole album on twenty four tracks. I feel like okay. all of a, all of a sudden, you know, I feel like they'd have to get a lot more tight and a lot more creative with the sounds that they put into the computer. I mean, he's not wrong, folks. Because now you can have infinite. There's there's no way there's a limit, right? No, there's no limit. Because so, you can always just keep mixing down. Right, and mixing exactly. Down, mixing down and, and it's just yeah. like, when, when you know that that's there, it makes you lazy. How, oh, for it, sure, dude. Because it makes me lazy sometimes. I'm like, oh, just fucking chop this up. Just copy paste this there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is fine. If it's just more efficient, that's all right. But like, it makes the actual songwriting lazy, and that's what drives me fucking nuts, dude. Right. I know. I know, dude. Okay. I mean, think I about it. Even though we were shitting on Billy Joel for his crappy songs, think still think about how much more impressive how those songs came out is versus modern-day polished music. You know what I mean? I mean, pressure is pretty unimpressive, but yeah, I know what you mean. No, but even pressure, like every single thing you hear, somebody played an analog instrument, had to get it probably right in like a long take. It wasn't like right. you can break it up every bar like we can now. Yeah. That was the other thing. Like even friggin' Paul McCartney and um, uh, what's that song on the Careful. way down? I love so much. Careful, dude. That I might get offended. Song. Martha, my dear. Oh, okay. Yep. That Great whole. Song. That piano lick, the whole the whole piano part is so fantastic, and that he had to do that whole thing in a in a dry run through the whole three minute whatever second song. You know what I mean? Which is why he's so nasty, dude. It, that's exactly right. Because if all you had to do is really get a lick right for like ten seconds at a time, you're never gonna become good. That's why when you see them live, so many bands play like some synthesized clip of that. They don't actually perform it. Right. It's like, ah, it's fucking terrible. I mean, concerts are extinct now for the near future anyways, thanks to fucking COVID. Right. Well, what can you do? I mean, we're out of jobs now, so. Yeah. <clears throat> I know, man. But, um, I mean, that's fucking good, dude. 50 goddamn eight minutes? I'm fine yeah, with that. Dude, that's totally satisfactory. Um, tune in next week to hear Tim Jim's story about the time he saw some girl murder a seagull. Oh yeah, that's um, a that's a great. Because uh, I don't think we've told that yet. I don't if think we, we have, have either. Whatever, but if not, tune in next week to hear it. All right, fellas um, and ladies. Fucking www.ericshillandstorage.com. Um, also follow legit tasty Chris on Instagram. And uh, <laughs> he's private, so you can't. You got to request him, and maybe he'll accept it. Maybe he fucking won't. And um, anything else? What do you got? That's it, dude. I'm actually just making sure that I do follow Legit Tasty Chris. Oh, and fucking Alex Abel. Follow Alex Abel. Son, do you. Yep. That's correct. (laughs) All right, well, fucking uh, see you later. See you later, See you later. I'm so sure, Cass.